Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Genesis 26, and I am reading from the New King James Version. There was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife. He said, she is my sister, for he was afraid to say, she is my wife, because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebekah, because she is beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw, and there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Then Abimelech knew Isaac and said, oh, excuse me, called Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife. So how could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, because I said, lest I die on account of her. And Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the people might have, may soon have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people saying, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are mightier, much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called him. Also, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and dug a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, This water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek, because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also. So he called his name Sitna, and he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called his name Rehoboth, because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, one of his friends, and Fickle, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? 
But they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm since we have not touched you, and since we have done nothing to, to you but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast, and they ate and drank. Then they rose early in the morning and swore an oath to one another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. It came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug in, and said to him, We have found water. So he called the place Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. When Esau was 40 years old, he took wives, took as wives Judith, the daughter of Beri the Hittite, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. And they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. Amen. Amen. All right. So a whole lot going on here. And beginning with verse one, we see that Isaac was living in the land that God had promised Abraham and all his descendants. But it didn't mean that just because he was in the land that there wasn't going to be trouble, right? That they weren't going to have issues with other people. And we're seeing in the beginning that there was a famine in the land, just like there was a famine during Abraham's time in, in uh, Genesis 12. There was also a famine here in Isaac's day. And so he goes to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. And so he was going um, south toward Egypt, just like Abraham did in, in Genesis 12. But it seems that, you know, he was going to tra travel by the, along this famous, this road to, you know, through Canaan, you know, uh, along the Mediterranean Sea. Um, Gerar was the same place where Abraham had met the previous Ab Abimelech and, and also had almost compromised his wife, Sarah with them, um, the ruler, again, the ruler of, of Gerar was Abimelech. That was his title, okay? That wasn't, um, this isn't the same guy. Um, and so that, that's why the, the Bible talks about how both Abraham and Isaac dealt with an Abimelech, okay? Different people. But God said, don't go down to Egypt, okay? It, it would have just made sense for Isaac to go to Egypt. You know, that's where Egypt was the, the most powerful nation at that time so there's a famine in the land why not go to where um i'm going to have provisions i'm going to be able to you know provide for my family um but god said don't go down to egypt you know he said don't go we warned him don't go any further you know he says isaac was to always live in the land that that the, that god had told him to live in you know the son of promise isaac the son of promise was always to live in this land of promise you know, and if Isaac did, God promised that he would be with him and he would bless him. And he says, I will perform in verse three, I will perform the oath, which I swore to Abraham, your father, you know, and so in theory, it was possible for the covenant to, to end with the passing of Abraham, but God was true to his word. God said, I will bless you. The covenant God made with Abraham wasn't just for Abraham. It was for all his descendants. And this fulfilled a specific promise that, that, that was made in Genesis 17, when God said in verse 19, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. This formal pattern of, of the covenant, this, it includes three essential aspects 
that's consummated and that, that, that was consummated back in Genesis 12 uh, verses two to three. And, and it was repeated afterwards, including the promise of a land, a, a promise of a nation and the promise of a blessing. When it says your seed and all the nations of the earth will be blessed. God is just repeating what he told to Abraham. Why? Because verse five, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge. God said that he, you know, he was, he was going to keep this covenant with Isaac because of Abraham's obedience. Now, if we take a close look at Abraham's life, he wasn't always, you know, his, his obedience wasn't always constant. Okay. The word in Hebrews, you know, calls him a man of faith. Abraham was a man of faith, but my man wasn't perfect. He made mistakes as we all do right and 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 but even though he made mistakes god did recognize his faithfulness he recognized what abraham does what's that tell us brothers and sisters we do not have to be perfect we think that this christian life this walk with god that we have to be perfect okay as if all of a sudden we say that prayer at the end of service and now we're you know like everything is different and yes it is but we are still human we are still spiritual, you know, entities living in this flesh body that is full of sin. So we're constantly warring, you know, and we're constantly thinking, you know, uh, against God. How do we do that? Well, did God really say that? God made a promise. Maybe I'll just help God out a little bit, you know, and, and all the other sins that we all have in our life. We all have a sin, right? We all have something that we deal with, anger, whatever it is. God, despite Abraham's faults, recognized Abraham's faithfulness. And, 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 and God could say this of Abraham because Abraham was declared righteous by faith. As far as God was concerned, all he saw in Abraham was the righteousness of Jesus. Because Abraham had made a commitment to God as God made a commitment to him. And that's what God sees in us. When we come to him, he doesn't see our faults. If we're a child of God, he sees his son in us. That's why we haven't been destroyed yet. Because we have Christ living in us. The word says that Jesus, the son, is at the right hand of the father making intercession for us. So when God sees us, he sees his son. The same thing goes for Isaac. He sees Isaac, but he's seeing Abraham and the faithfulness of Abraham. So in verse 6, it says he dwelt in Gerar. Isaac obeyed God's warning and stayed in the land. Yet he lived amongst the people of Canaan. And he lived closer to them than he had before. And this was going to be in trouble. He says in verse 7, she's my sister, for he was afraid to say she is my wife. Isaac went from this, this spiritual experience in the first five verses, right, where God was speaking to him, saying, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bless you to such a blatant sin because of the weakness of his own flesh. It is very easy for us, for us to go to church and, and have that mountaintop experience where we just experience the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, you know, and you're just energized, boom, boom, boom. And as soon as you pull out the church parking lot, 
come on. You pull out the church parking lot, that person's going to cut you off. Your kids are acting crazy in the back. Your husband and your wife won't stop yapping about whoever, whatever, whatever going on. And all that, 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 that spiritual high you're coming, that you just walked out the door is out the window, right? Out the window. Isaac just got a word from the Lord. And the next thing you know, he's lying about his wife. Right. And, and so so he, he, he allowed his flesh to take control. And, and 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 also, perhaps he remembered the story of his father and, and, and his mother and how his father had lied about um, his wife being his sister. All right. This is just like Peter. When, when, when Peter, he, uh, he, he gave wrong counsel to Jesus. He was, you know, he, he and, and, you know, Jesus, um, you know, had, had given him a, a blessing and you know, he gave wrong counsel to Jesus and, and see, cause sin can follow an outpouring of God's blessing. Let me say it again. Sin can follow an outpouring of God's blessing. The enemy is really good at watching what's going on. And as soon as we, 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 we get that blessing, we get that word from God, we get that experience with the Holy Spirit, here comes the enemy right, right afterwards. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Take heed, brothers and sisters. That's why it's so important that we don't, we don't rest on past blessings. We don't rest on past experiences with God. We need to be seeking the Lord daily, 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 praying and getting into the word. Because how else are you going to uh, receive a word from the Lord if you're not in the Bible, if you're not reading from his word, right? That that way, when the enemy does come, it's so much easier to recognize. You can take a step back and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know where this is coming from. It's so important. See, so he, um, the Bible doesn't teach us about generational curses, right? Now, it is something that we, you know, we do believe is real, but the Bible doesn't specifically say that, you know, have the, the phrase generational curses, but it is often the case that the sins of the fathers are found in the children, right? And this is a prime example of that, right? When sins of the fathers, sins of the mothers are found in the children, and this may be because the sins of the flesh have been nurtured in the same environment you know the same thing that abraham was dealing with and where he was living and how he was living and who he was living around isaac was doing the same thing so he was just it was used he was used to it right you know and 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 it's 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 patterned by previous generations when we see our mama doing something and our grandmama doing something and our daddy and our granddaddy, you know, doing all these things, we think it may be normal and it could be a sin. And we're allowing things to, to take control. Isaac made the same mistake as um, his father, Abraham. But then he sh he's showing affection to his wife, right? In verse eight, and Abimelech, the king, sees this. And he and he he made a logical conclusion. I mean, that ain't your sister. Then that's that's your wife. You know, quite obviously, verse nine. 
She is your wife. And so what Isaac thought could be hidden was obvious to others. And this is often the case with sin amongst people, amongst people of the church. We think we can hide things. That's why it's so important to be connected on a team, connected in a connect group, have other brothers or sisters around you constantly so they can call you on your junk. Otherwise, we're going to try to keep things hidden. And the people who really know you, you can't hide things from them. You cannot because they will see right through you and praise God for that. Because when we try to go it alone, how often do we make mistakes because we're going it alone? You know, with the, with the adage of like, I got this. I can handle this. This sin isn't too much. I got control of it. And listen, brother, sister, you do not have control of it. Only You can only get control of it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need to have people around you to call you out. He says, what is this you have done to us? Just like in a similar um, uh, manner to the rebuke of Pharaoh to Abraham in Genesis 12, and then Abimelech's uh, predecessor to Abraham in Genesis 20, this ruler rebuked Isaac for his deception. So, he, so, so and he says, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Even as God protected his father Abraham and his mother Sarah, even in the middle of their sinful conduct, conduct Isaac and Rebekah were also protected. God still protected Isaac. He could have let him be punished. He could, have, uh, he could have let him feel some consequences and repercussions for his actions, but he still protected him. So then Isaac, verse 12, he sowed in the land. Prosperity came to Isaac as a blessing for his hard work. And he probably received a pretty, pretty good inheritance from Abraham when Abraham passed. He probably didn't have to work at all. He could have lived off, you know, what daddy gave him, but he still worked. He worked nonetheless, and God blessed it, and he became prosperous. But the, but the Philistines who were living around him, they, uh, they, they became very jealous and very envious of him. And so they stopped up the wells. Wells in the desert are a very, very precious commodity. But they were difficult and expensive to dig. So the fact that these guys stopped up the wells just to hurt Isaac is a huge, huge deal. Right? These particular wells were, again, dug by Abraham in Genesis 21 and had served Abraham and Isaac for many, many years. But in verse 18, it says, Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham. Isaac went back to the same resources that had sustained his father. It took faith. It took work. It took commitment to dig the wells again. But the provision was there when Isaac sought it. For, for herdsmen, nomadic herdsmen, at that, you know, even like Abraham and Isaac, water was life. You know, in, in some seasons of the year, you, you could not live. You were going to die if water wasn't, wasn't around. So these were, these were a luxury to them. And this is a spiritual, uh, a powerful illustration of, of a spiritual life. The spiritual resources that sustained previous generations are available today. If we seek them with faith, if we seek them with work, if we seek them with commitment, 
We hear about previous generations and what the what God did to, for previous generations. You know, we hear about revivals that took place. We hear about miracles and healings and signs and wonders that have taken place in previous generations with the old school church. That can happen today. There's no previous generations are no different from us. They sought the Lord just as much as we do. So we can have the same blessings as previous generations. But, what, but, but we don't because it takes work. It takes commitment, right? It's not a ready-made miracle. We can't just, you know, come to, come to church and say, God, heal me. No. What, what are you doing? Like, how was your relationship with the Lord? A relationship takes work. That's the only way we're going to have these blessings if we continue to build on our relationship with God and allow him to guide us, allow him to show us where the miracle is going to be, what the blessing is going to be. And so A. Isaac, he's digging these wells and he calls them um, by the, the, the names which his father had called them. He honored the provision that his father received by calling the wells by the same name. Using, the, using this as a spiritual il illustration, we can say that the wells of peace, the wells of power, the wells of grace, the wells of wisdom, of, transform of transformation are available for the believer today, again, just as they were for previous generations. The question, my brothers and sisters, is whether this generation today will have the faith, will have the work, will have the commitment to dig the wells again. Does this generation have the faith, the work ethic, the dedication to dig the wells? So Isaac found water, a well of, water, of running water. And it seems that um, he found a, a well that Abraham didn't find. He found um, a well of running water. This was the best kind of provision. It came to Isaac as he received the provision once enjoyed by his father, Abraham. And he called the name of the world, Essek, right? Um, because there were, he was quarreling with, with these Philistines. And, and so he, the first name was Essek, which means contention, because it made others jealous. It seems that, that though Isaac called the wells by the name Abraham had previously given them, he also named them in light of his present circumstances. He called the next well Sitna, which, you know, which, was, which means opposition for the same reason. But the third well, he called Rehoboth, which, which, which it means roominess. There was room because it was far enough away to not be a problem with the Philistines. Isaac saw this as a testimony to God's faithfulness and blessings because it says, the Lord has made room for me and we shall be fruitful in the land. Isaac saw these wells as they rightly were. They were blessings of God. And he saw them more as God's God's gracious blessing then, then, you know, the result of his hard work. Yes, he did hard work. He worked to get these wells, but he, he didn't look at these wells as, look what I did. You know, he could have said, that's, that's, that, that well is Isaac one, Isaac two, Isaac three, because I did that work. No, he called it in light of what God had done for them. And so he, he goes back to Beersheba where Abraham had been before because God had re repeatedly demonstrated his faithfulness to Isaac. He knew that he could be blessed and fruitful whatever, wherever God had would lead him. Verse 24, um, 
the Lord appeared to him the same night. Isaac, Isaac's father, Abraham, had, had many personal um, appearances of the Lord, but this seems to be the first um, experience for Isaac in this manner. Like the Lord spoke to him, but this seems to be the first time that the Lord appeared to him. And he said, do not fear for I am with you. See, even in this atmosphere of, of contention between Isaac's men and the Philistine men, Isaac had reason to be afraid, but God told him to put away the fear because I'm with you. You know, God kept his covenant with Isaac for Abraham's sake. After the same pattern, God keeps his covenant with us for Jesus' sake. Jesus made a covenant with us, and God is honoring that covenant with us. That's why we haven't been destroyed yet. That's why this earth is still here, because Jesus is still there at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. So he, he built an altar there. He pitched his tent. He dug a well. Verse 25, he, 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 in the same pattern of Abraham, altars and tents mark Abraham's life. Abraham was a, was a nomad. He traveled around, but he built an altar everywhere he went so that he could worship and express his trust to God. And Isaac believed in the same way so then abimelech comes back to isaac and he's like why have you come to me isaac says you hate me so his, his question was very logical because he was pushed out of gerar because of abimelech and because of the, of the tension of the herdsmen between abimelech's men and isaac's men and so he had every reason to believe he wasn't welcome there but abimelech gave a, a surprising response he and others could see that the covenant of God was with Isaac. So he came to ask for peace and a, and a blessing from Isaac because he knew that God was with him. Nowhere in the word does it says Abimelech served God. The Philistines had their own gods. They worshiped other gods. But this pagan king saw something different in Isaac. He saw the blessing in Isaac and recognized that there was something on him. See, we, 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 so we, we see wisdom in Isaac's actions. He, and, you know, he didn't respond to evil with more evil, but he sought God's provision. He sought God's blessings. And so, so what's that tell you, brothers and sisters? There are people in your life who do not serve the Lord, who do not believe in the God. But through your actions, how you treat them, they could treat you like straight boo-boo. But if you return that evil with evil, they are not going to see the Lord. But if you return that evil with love, and I ain't saying being a doormat, you know what I'm saying? The word says, turn the other cheek. Listen, I only got two cheeks. But what I am saying is, if you still love them, even from afar, the Lord will work in him. The Lord was working in Abimelech so that he saw Isaac and he saw the blessing. And Isaac recognized who God was despite serving other gods. And so God brought many blessings to Isaac and he enjoyed a, a, a rich season of blessing and he found more water. And you see, Abraham was a man of, of altars. Jacob, Isaac's son, Abraham's grandson, would be a man of tents. But Isaac was a man of wells. And he knew God's constant provision. He knew by experience that God 
could provide in many different ways, not just one. Isaac had experienced the provision of God his entire life. Isaac was about to be sacrificed by his father, and God provided a provision. God provided an alternate sacrifice. So he has seen the work of God. He has seen God save his life. So he called it Shiloh, this place. And like Isaac, after you have, after you have drunk, I'm going to close right now. After you, you, you've drunk from the waters of contention, after you've drunken from the waters of opposition, you will be brought to Rehoboth where you will have room. You will be brought to Beersheba, which means the well of the oath, the well of fullness, where your enemies will seek your favor and your enemies will glorify God. That is a promise. Your enemies will seek your favor and they will glorify God. One way or another, they will glorify God. And that's something we can, we can read this word and we can see that. It happened to Isaac happened to the previous generations it can happen right now amen let's pray father god we love you lord and we thank you for your word lord god we thank you for your promises father father your word says that all your promises are yes and amen so we can stand on the truth lord god that you will always be with us you will never leave us you will never forsake us lord god father i pray that we would we would have your your, your supernatural strength father and discernment lord god as we interact with, with people who do not believe in you, who curse you, who have no desire to, to even know who you are, Lord God. But Father, as we interact them, Father, with them, I pray, Lord, that, that they will see something different in us, Lord God, that they, will see, that they will feel something different. And at some point, they will come to us. They will knock on our office door. They will give us a call. They will shoot us a text and say, we need to talk. Something is different. What is going on? And we can point them in the direction of your son, Jesus Christ. So thank you, Father, Lord. Thank you, Father, in advance for the victory that we're going to have over our friends, over our family, and all the people around us, Lord God. Thank you in advance for the souls that are going to be one who will one day spend time in paradise with you. We praise you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Father, Lord. Bless each and every one of my brothers and sisters on this call, everyone who's listening later on on, uh, on the podcast or or online, just bless them, keep them, and guide them, Lord God. Thank you for what you're doing. Continue to reveal new truths from this word that we read today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.